Aaron is muted. Am I muted? If not, welcome to the Twitch FO Radio Hour. I'm Mike Tanier with my co-host, the lovely and talented Aaron Schatz. Hello, can you hear me? Okay, can hear me now. Hi, hello. I'm no longer <laughs> muted. Hello. Welcome to Football Outsiders Radio Hour. Here I am, Aaron Schatz, with Mike Tanier. And uh, we're supposed to have a guest, and we're hoping that she appears at some point soon. Dr. Jen Welcher is supposed to be joining us, another member of the, uh, of the uh, Twitch football NFL family. Yes. And we have a whole bunch of questions and things we were talking, going to talk to her about coaching and working under Bruce Arians and working in the AAF and all kinds of things. And uh, she's not here yet. So uh, until then, we're going to just sort of vamp. We're like, <laughs> we could talk football for an hour and just vamp. It's, and um, Aaron, it's not a setback and it's not a reason to worry. But Dr. Jen Welter is not here yet. That is true. But brought to you by the Dallas Cowboys uh, 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 media department. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the tweet that shook Dallas. <laughs> now, we don't want you to worry <laughs> that the quarterback is going in for another MRI. It's like sitting down an eight year old and saying, well, daddy's going to be in the hospital for a couple of days but there's no reason to worry and you can watch the kids hands start to shake when you say like like no one's ever sat me down and talked like this before no one's tweeted anything like that before you know <laughs> the, the other fun thing about this show today is there should be new emojis for people who are in the twitch chat that are pictures of the football outsiders crew oh wow uh so uh, let's i don't know if those will work but we'll see yes if people can post those, uh, I think that they should be there. Uh, <laughs> it's your chance to perform a real, some real acts of, uh, of bullying against us. Cause there are some goofy looking pictures of us in there, but they're fun. I enjoy them. Yeah, I look great. I can't speak for the rest of you. Can't speak for the looking, as, as Scott uh, pointed out, he, uh, he uh, got to replace Keanu Reeves in one of the emojis. So nice. on the emoji battle. Nice. So I think I, just, I, I can't tell if Philbo Baggins is trying to post one of the emojis where it says F.O. Pog. In the chat. <laughs> if that's him attempting to, maybe the emojis are not working. I'm not wow. sure. Pog or Ponger? What, what, is, what is it? We're flying by the seat of our pants with this week's show. <laughs> so this is going to be a little different, but hopefully whether you're listening later on podcast or YouTube, or watching right now on Twitch. Remember, we're live every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully you are enjoying our rambling and trying to get things ready. Um, so let's talk about the season because uh, the preseason, you wrote a walkthrough today and you previewed the first week of the preseason. So let's talk about the preseason. I, I mentioned uh, to start with that our teams both play tonight. Yes. And so your I was going to be... say the preseason launches tonight, but I guess the preseason launched last week with the Hall of Fame game. But the yeah. regular preseason launches tonight. And both my Patriots and your Eagles play this evening. Yep. And to back up, if you remember last week, I was excited to play the over in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, that didn't work out. It didn't work out because Mike McCarthy decided to let the punter kick. So I'm watching this game. I play, played the first half over. Again, the goal is to stay awake while having cocktails. And 
the, the Cowboys kept getting into field goal range and sending Niswander. Is that what the young man's name is? I'm not They're, sure. Not Greg Zerline, not some camp leg, but the punter out there. And if you if you watch anything of the Hall of Fame game, you need to see these 27-yard field goal attempts go at an almost isosceles angle to the field and, like, are hitting the pylons on the side and hitting random fans that are, like, you know, getting popcorn some far away. So that was it. They obviously did not hit the over, did not hit the game over, did not hit the first half over. Now we've got tonight's games, and I think we were debating off uh, off camera which is more watchable. I, like, I've watched enough Patriots games to be like, oh, my God, they're not going to show anything. You're going to be seeing Brian Hoyer for probably two and a half quarters. But at the same time, you do get to see the Mac Jones debut. and that's. I think the Patriots is more watchable because you're going to get to see the rookie quarterback for a bit. Right, right. And that's going to be so. And I think you're going to get a little bit of Cam as well. And and refresh me, who do the Patriots have tonight? They play the Washington football team. Uh, Yeah, I was on Washington radio the other day and they're like, what are you looking for? And I was like, I'm looking for Mac Jones. You know, for, for Washington, it's like every report coming out of there is like, well, the defense is what you would expect, that the defense is winning every single practice. Ryan Fitzpatrick is being as charming and, and as windswept with his hair as ever and kind of competent and checking down in, in practices. And there's not a lot to look for on the bench of that team. If you look at Washington and say, what jobs for, are up for grabs here? What interesting rookies are there? You know, middle linebacker, Jamin Davis, that's not somebody you're going to be excited about in, in, in training camp. Um, there are new faces on, on, uh, on offense like Curtis Samuel. He's hurt, so you're not going to see a lot now. There's so some think, interesting wide receiver depth. The, the yeah. two Sims, not brothers, Steven Sims, right. who was like a, one of our top prospects a year ago, and then Cam Sims. And there's the third-round pick, Diami yes. Brown. Yeah. And he can, and, he can fly. He can and fly. there's Shaka Tony. I like Shaka Tony. I can't believe he waited till the seventh round. Penn State kid. He was a, he's a defensive end. Yeah. Okay. So you, yeah, they got edge rushers. They've got a couple of edge rushers there. I'm I'm kind of sneaking a peek here at the death chart. Uh, it's just it's just not a lot there because you know even if Shaka Tony really balls out, you're talking about a guy who's going to be a backup this year to Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So that's that's good. Right. They don't have a lot of job battles in Washington where you're like, well, you could see a guy who's going to start. Mm-hmm. Like the second stringer is 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 aiming for the job. Right. Right. You don't get that. You don't have a young quarterback, which they should have gotten a young quarterback. I don't need to see Tyler Heineke anymore. I guess that's probably interesting to fans who think he might be a, a prospect. I don't think he is. And, and it's similar. It's similar in New England. Uh, Nikhil Harry's hurt, I believe, right? Is that correct? Oh, Nikhil Harry has been bawling out in camp. Okay. Harry, after that trade request, has actually had a lot of people saying he's been playing very well in camp this year. Okay. Which I think is meaningless. (laughs) I mean, he's still not going to, their starters are basically Aguilar, Bourne, and Myers, I would think. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, they're going to go a lot too tight end. So, really, it's just Aguilar and Myers. Right. And it, it's Hunter Henry's hurt, right? That's correct. Hunter Henry is hurt, yes. Right. So, I mean, you wouldn't see him anyway. You're not going to see John, John Smith. The other tight ends are something. I mean, that's not the, the idea Patriots, that you're going to. The Patriots do have a lot of depth. So, yeah, yeah if they want to show those two tight end looks tonight, they're going to be showing it with uh, Matt Lacoste and Devin Asiasi because. Oh, my God. Uh, they also have Troy Fumagalli, the guy who used to be in Denver for a while. Uh, Dalton Keene went on IR, so he's out for the yeah. year. There's a lot of depth 
in New England. So you could definitely see some interesting players tonight. Like, for example, the second round pick from last year, Josh Uche. I don't know if it's okay. Uche or Uche. I don't think he's technically a starter. Um, there's uh, Harvey Lange, who's an interesting player. There's Therese Hall, who played okay last year. There are extra safeties. There's lots of extra safeties sitting around the team. Jalen yeah. Mills is around there. So I think you could definitely see some interesting players on the second team defense for the Patriots. They, With all those players they added on defense, there's a good amount of depth there. Yeah, I, I think there's all, Heineke. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of guys who I think can play, but sometimes there's a difference between can play and like I want to see them in the preseason. Because, yeah, if you say, well, yeah, it's, you're going to have Troy Fumagalli out there. It's like, well, I don't necessarily need to see a lot of him. Well, it brings up an interesting question, which is, will Jalen Mills change his hair color? Because the yes. idea of the green hair was to match being on the Eagles, wasn't it? I thought so. And then he had the green goblin nickname that caught on for me. So now he stayed green, but wouldn't it be more fitting if he now dyed his hair red and blue? Right. And he could be like, what us agent? Like what, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like, like fake racist cap. No, no, no. Be real captain. America. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> captain, captain, super Patriot. That captain, was, actually, yes. I believe that was us agents. Original name was super Patriot. That's right. That's right. And then I, there was that, a, I read that Captain America run back in the 80s. Oh, my goodness. It was something. that was, And they really did a good job with it at, uh, in the um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, updating it. All right. It I'm going to set you up now. Here we go. I'm going to set you up. Bill okay. Houston asks in the chat. We're going to skip ahead on the preseason games before we talk about them in order. Mm -hmm. Why does Sean Payton not show more enthusiasm towards Jameis? Hill seems better suited as an excellent gadget player or a number two. Take it Why? away. Why? <laughs> I, there's a couple of things. I'm, I've, I've been reading everything I can coming out of uh, New Orleans, out of Metairie. Um, Winston is what Winston is. I think we went after that, that multi-interception. What was it? 30 interception. I've lost track. Of it. Yeah. It doesn't fit into his career at all. Most years. Mm -hmm. Winston is about the 15th or 16th best quarterback in the league. The yeah. only exception is that year where he was in the Arians offense. And we know that quarterbacks throw more interceptions in the Arians offense. Even Brady threw more interceptions in the Arians yeah. offense, even though more interceptions for Brady meant like three more. <laughs> right. Right. But historically Winston has been around the 16th best quarterback in the league. Now that's obviously with better receivers than he's going to have in new Orleans, but yeah. Like, to me, it's no contest. Jameis Winston is the better quarterback of these two. It seems like it's no contest to everyone but Sean Payton. And then I'm reading the reports, like day-by-day -day reports out of camp, and you're getting those Winston interceptions. You're getting those Winston turnovers. You know how coaches are with those turnovers. I mean, maybe Arians is different, but they see that interception, and their, their heads explode, and their, their blood pressure goes up 100 points, and they're like, give me Captain Checkdown. And so, I mean, I don't see it either. I think if Winston was progressing – the way like we all thought he was going to progress like in 2018 or whatever, it would be no contest. If he's showing more of what we, what we saw in 2019, but Sean Payton must've seen in practices in 2020. Then we have the situation we have now, where even the beat reporters are saying it's kind of a dead heat. No one has stood out and that this is still a 50, 50 split. So it doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm not there every day. And I don't know if Sean Payton's looking at his playbook and saying that was a mistake. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. Right. I, I've always wondered, like, I've always felt like 
don't coaches learn more from the structure of practice than they do from these preseason games where the, the other team is showing the most vanilla defenses that they have? Yeah, I mean, I think there's part that and part that because you can run 50 reps of something in your practices against all different forms because you can tell the defense do this, tell the defense do this, tell the defense do this, whereas you only get seven or eight reps in an actual game, a preseason game, I should say. But at the same time, I think they, they definitely need to see because guys will get stale covering each other over and over again. The defenders will start to be like, I, I, can, I, I know the offense's play because I've practiced against it for two years. So you do need to see that as well. And one thing we did see in the Hall of Fame game, that was not develop vanilla defenses. Both the Steelers and the Cowboys were like, let's blitz, blitz the holy living crap out of Ben DiNucci and Mason Rudolph for that game, which is why they couldn't clear the over. So it's not necessarily like, oh, you're just going to be running cover two for the entire game. So, I mean, I don't know. I think we've established that, that Sean Payton seems to think he, he, Taysom Hill is something that he's, he's not showing us, that we don't think he is. Payton's put a lot of personal investment in this Taysom Hill experiment, and I think we're continuing to see that. Yeah, I, it really wouldn't surprise me if he was the starter to start the season, even though I think it's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, agree. there's no doubt. I mean, our Saints projection is half Winston and half Hill. Mm-hmm. If it's Hill to start the season and I do a full projection on Hill, it's I mean, it's going to be lower anyway because of Michael Thomas. Right. Um, and because of the David Onyemata suspension will drop their defensive projection a little bit. But um it, it, there's no question that if Hill is the quarterback, that that projection is going to be a good amount lower. Right. I, I think what we're learning in August, and maybe we'll see something different, is that the future moving forward at quarterback is not really on the Saints roster right now. Jameis was backsliding. That's what my interpretation is. Jameis was black backsliding from 2018 to 2019 and became too turnover prone. And Taysom Hill is this, I don't know how you want to call it, like this Josh Johnson level uh scrambly backup guy like he can actually sort of become that level of guy where it's not an embarrassment for him to be out there and they're going to keep playing this game until they come up with a real solution quarterback even josh johnson i mean god he's been on 137 teams by now <laughs> between all the extra leagues that he's been in so yeah i don't know yeah. you know he's he's on a team now right didn't he sign somewhere yeah he just signed i forget where i'll look it up real quick but I was, I was trying to find that example of these, this, the knock around scrambly backup, uh, you know, not maybe as certainly not as good as Fitz because Fitz is kind of that knock around scrambly backup, but somebody who keeps getting opportunities. And, and I, I think based on what I saw last year, maybe that's where you can slot Taysom Hill. And he is that guy. He could be like your adequate backup, but this, this, this pantomime that he's going to suddenly blossom into a starter at 32 uh, just it seems it seems it seems absurd. I think he's useful as the gadget guy. Yeah, he's got yeah, good think, ratings as a receiver. Yeah, useful slot guy. Uh, Josh Johnson's on the Jets, folks. Oh, he could be number two there. He he could. I mean, right? He, isn't it James Morgan is the name of the guy who's number two? Was a fourth round pick last year. I believe you are correct. Uh, of course, those guys got some reps early in the year. All the stories out of. Jets camp has been the struggles of Zach Wilson. It's James Morgan and Mike White, who was a knockaround Cowboys guy out of Western Kentucky. Yeah, he was Cowboys and he's been to the Jets for a while. Uh, I'm going to give Wilson credit, though. Did you see that quote that he gave about practice? Yeah, refresh me. He gave a great quote about practice where he basically said, look, sometimes in practice, I'm just trying stuff to see if it works. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lesson to all of us. Who are beats? 
Well, I'm not a beat, but like let's do all the score observing camp. Let's, let's it's a one. classic spring training baseball thing, right? Yeah. There are pitchers in spring training who are trying out a new pitch and they throw that pitch a lot and they get mm-hmm. hammered because sometimes they don't have it ready or mm-hmm. they'll never have it ready. Like that pitch is just, it's an experiment and they're playing right. around with it. And so you look at spring training numbers and you go, oh, well, you know, this guy's screwed this year, but it turns out he's throwing some pitch that he's going to throw 5% of the time during the regular season. Well, the same could go for football players. They could be trying new things. Quarterbacks could be trying new things in the practice. I, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of practice stats. Oh, well, practice stats are terrible. And the other thing is you don't know if the drill was there's a minute on the clock. It's third and 15. So your job is to force that ball down the field. You cannot throw the check down. Or if you do, that's considered a loss. Sometimes the, the observers on the sideline, know this the, the local reporters know this because sometimes the coach will set up third down and put like a minute on the clock and put the chains in sometimes you'll do that and the entire press pool will not even notice that or decide not that they're that that's invisible at that moment that they don't realize this is a situational drill or they'll they'll mention it at the time but then they'll just throw all the stats together so you do get a lot of things like that so you have to take it with a grain of salt the one thing is you know if i hear Jameis is throwing interceptions in practice and it's like well he, he makes that quote and i you know you observe that but He's got a reputation for interceptions. He's competing for a job. We're not getting this word, oh, well, he's going to start the first two preseason games. You have to realize that there becomes a preponderance of evidence that, yeah, those interceptions are the interceptions that put him in this position, the reason why he's not the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? So this episode has sort of turned into a uh, an Ask Us Anything. So yes. let's take any questions in the chat stream chat on Twitch. And again, this is why you should watch the show on Twitch live, because then you can interact with us and ask us questions. Bill Houston, how much longer does Jack Easterby last in Houston? <laughs> I say infinite. this season is it after the Texans go five and 12. Excellent FO Texans analysis in the Almanac this year. You could do a whole episode on the McNair Easterby quagmire. Well, if we had a whole episode on Houston, we would have to have Rivers McCown on because yep. he's our Houston expert. Yep. On the nightmare that is the Houston Texans situation. Um, I mean, it's really hard to answer that question because if we were going by how football teams are normally run, there wouldn't be a question about how long, much longer Easterby would last because he wouldn't have this much influence on the team in the first place. Right. Right. This is, this is Jafar. This is an Aladdin movie. That's Jafar. He has the mind control staff. He's got as long. And, and if you know about anything about Aladdin folks, they made sequels to the Aladdin movie and Jafar was the villain in like everyone. Cause Jafar always comes back because when you've got that kind of mind control, Svengali, I'm, I'm sort of a faith leader and a philosophical leader and, you know, Rasputin type character. They keep coming back. So yeah, there's no, there's no precedent for this. I mean, what happened yesterday with the, with the press pool, there is no precedent for something that absolutely bonkers happening in an NFL. For those of you who don't know, the, the Houston Texans tried to announce that training camp was over, that they were starting their regular week to week preparation. And what that means for the local press pool is that they're not allowed to watch practices anymore. And they get a strict limitation on who they're allowed to video, take pictures of and interview. Now, if a team was allowed to restrict access in early August to the media, if this was allowed, Bill Belichick would have done it in 2003 and it would still be in effect. Tom Coughlin would have had us taken out and dragged behind cars around the Meadowlands parking lot if he had the power to do these things. 
the idea that Easterby and 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 Cesario and those guys thought they could just do this. Goodbye, John McClane. Goodbye, uh, you know, uh, Shireen. Everybody out the door because we don't want you asking any more questions about Deshaun Watson or etc. The fact that they could do that, thought they could do that, was bonkers. Well, sure enough, one phone call to the NFL media department comes down the other way. The reporters are there. Unfortunately, that means the reporters have to keep watching the Texans, which I would not personally want to do. But that's the level of like unrealistic chaos that's running that organization right now. They don't understand the basics of their responsibilities and rights there. So, well, you know, they're, they're stuck with this quarterback who doesn't want to play for them mm-hmm. and they don't want to play. And none of us feel he should be playing, but the league won't put him on the, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the list that he's supposed to be on. Uh, The exempt list. Yeah. Exempt list. It's, it's an awful situation. It is. It is. And it's hard. Like, like when I talk about those games, like I don't want, I don't want to watch Packers against Texans at all. I think that's a national televised game. Is it really? I think so. Oh my God. Right. Now, you know, it's hard, as I say right now, folks, it's hard when you're talking about Deshaun Watson and you're worried you're going to trip over something and say something inappropriate because there are all these allegations of sexual misconduct. And if you say it wrong, if you say it wrong, you might not say allegedly the right amount of times or whatever. That's bad. So when you're t- talking off the cuff like we are, you're left talking about the situation, the incidents, the legal troubles. And I do not want to hear television announcers spending 20 minutes circling back to that over and over again while not having enough information, while trying not to be offensive. Meanwhile, the guys on uh, sipping Gatorade on one, uh, on one sideline, Aaron Rodgers is scowling on the other sideline. Side and I'm interested in seeing Jordan Love. I was going to say, like you said, you like know? no one wants to watch this game, but aren't you kind of curious about Jordan Love? Like we've seen zero of Jordan Love in the NFL mm-hmm. because there was no preseason last year. Yeah, I'm, I am. And like, he, but he's behind Justin Fields and Trey Lance. As even far as people you want to see. Right, right. Because it's like, oh, he shines trade rumors. Well, I don't think anybody's going to trade for Jordan Love. You know, maybe Aaron Rodgers, you know, orders Gutenkeis to, to, you know, to get rid of him or whatever. But I do I do want to see him. But it's like, that. that's the only thing. that is. The I don't know. Thing. Wouldn't it be interesting if Jordan Love, like, comes out and is gangbusters in the preseason and that starts the trade rumors? That would be interesting. Yeah. That is, that is, but that's it. That's the only thing I got going for me in this game. Meanwhile, the announcers are going to be, are going to be like just punishing, punishing, trying to, trying to talk about Deshaun Watson and trying to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Tonight, I will say this about Pittsburgh and, and Philly, because I've got up on my screen, uh, NFL's like one thing to watch for, for every team in the preseason. And right. they're like, watch for Najee Harris. Do you really think Pittsburgh needs to run Najee Harris that much in the preseason? <laughs> I was I was mad in the second half, second quarter of that game that he was still out there. Remember, I bet the over. I wanted the best players on the field out there because he's running off tackle late in the second quarter behind their backup offensive line, their starting offensive line stinks. And like, how many times do we need to see Najee Harris? Get him out of there. Let's take another look at Jalen Samuels or whoever they McFadden kid and all those other guys. Yeah, Benny Snell, who's sort of on the outside looking in. Most people think he's not going to make the team. That seems reasonable. Um, I don't I don't know why, by the way, I want to thank everybody who's trying to put up emojis in the (laughs) chat. They're not working. I don't know why they're not. Are Uh, they working for them? And we can't. Well, you get a regular feed. here. I'm getting the regular feed. So I'm seeing the thing. And I don't know why the emojis aren't working. We're going to get on that for next year to make sure those emojis work. 
All right, we've got a couple questions here. First of all, from Bill Houston, can elite players and coaches transcend bad ownership? For yeah. example, Joe Burrow with the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, they can. Teams with bad owners have been competitive. You know, I mean, the Bengals were competitive. The Bengals went through yes. a three to four year period where they were very strong, especially on offense. They were deep. They had a lot going for them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really in Houston, because they were before Jafar showed up. I mean, Bill O'Brien was a train wreck of a human being, too. Let's be right. But they were making the playoffs every year in yeah, a bad and, division. But Deshaun Watson was. And JJ was. And, yeah. uh, and and DeAndre was, and and for a while, Clowney was. So, yeah, you can get a kernel of guys together, and you can transcend it to a degree. I mean, I I don't know. If I try to think about bad organizations or badly run organizations and won Super Bowls, it's hard to say because the Patriots won a million of them, so that kind of – so you weren't going to get there. But There's a lot, by the way, of like, can you win a Super Bowl if you do X? that's sort of screwed up by the fact that the Patriots won so many of them over the last two decades. Right. So it turns out that like what you want to do to win the Super Bowls is to do whatever the Patriots did. Yeah. Yeah. But there are other ways to do it. <laughs> right. that, that, that's exactly it. Like, how do you win a Super Bowl? A, have Tom Brady, B, have Bill Belichick, C, right. whatever, dot, 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 D, win Super Bowl. Right. Cause you, Jordan and, and the uh, Bulls did the same thing. Like, Oh, yeah. Anal analysis of uh, and there's, there's a whole generation of NBA stars. Well, he never won a ring. He never won a ring. Well, there was only five guys who won the rings. They were the Bulls for that right. entire time, except for the two years Olajuwon won it when Jordan was playing baseball. So you do get that. But right, you know the way the NFL is set up, an inept owner who gets the first overall pick gets that quarterback or gets that superstar, and then and has all this cap space and can get the guys. So you can transcend it. The question is, I don't know how far. And in this NFL, I don't know if when it's as bad as it is in Houston right now, is it going to be a situation where everybody who can leave will, which is kind of what's happening. Right. I mean, I've been saying I feel like they signed so many players in Houston that they have like an expansion team roster. Yep. The problem is there's no young quarterback. Usually an expansion team has a young quarterback that they drafted. But if you put Deshaun Watson, like if Deshaun Watson were suddenly cleared of all legal charges and decided he wanted to play for the Texans, Mm -hmm. that team is in the running in that division. You put Deshaun Watson with the roster that they have now. And I know that they didn't play well last year, but they were better than their record last year. Normally Deshaun yeah. Watson should lift a team up past four and 12. I yeah. think that team is in the running with, Desha with Deshaun Watson at the quarterback position. So I do, do think that goes to show you that transcendent quarterbacks can transcend bad ownership, at least to get teams to the playoffs. Have I don't know if there's ever been a point where a team has won the Super Bowl and I've been like, because like Jim Ursay is goofy, but I wouldn't yes. call him a bad owner. Right. No, he's a goofy owner. You're right. Yeah. He, he writes checks and makes wacky tweets and then stays out of the way of the organization. I wouldn't say that Peyton Manning was able to transcend that Ursay is a bad owner. I don't no. think that that's the case because no. the team has been successful without Manning, you know, right. with the luck years, they've been successful. And last year they were successful. So I'm trying to think of like teams that have won the Super Bowl over the last two decades. Is there any of those teams where you're like, that's a bad owner? I mean, the Ravens, I think. No, I mean, feel like everyone feels has a, have a good owner. He stays uh, out of things because he's, he, he lets the general managers run the team. I, I wouldn't say, we won't talk about whether or not he's a good human here or there or not, but he, 
he runs the team properly. Right. Uh, Jarrah, uh, I would call probably a bad owner, but when they won the Super Bowl, he had Jimmy Johnson in charge of everything. Right. Lori, uh, Lori is a good owner. Yeah. I, I'm those, thinking of te- teams that have won the Super Bowl over the last, you know, the Bolins are good owners when Denver yeah. won the Super Bowl. Like, I can't think of a team that won the Super Bowl where you're like, well, they had to overcome right. the bad owner. Right. No, and, and, and I think you're right. And, about, and we were talking about Houston, and I'm looking at them as like, for example, on their offensive line, they still got Laramie Tunsil on that line. They've got Marcus Cannon. He's hurt right now on that line. They've got Justin Britt, who's a starter. If you rate the offensive lines in the NFL, they're probably 20th, 22nd. Right. Um, everything on Houston is like 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. They're, now, 22nd and everything probably comes out to 29th or 30th overall. When you have Tyrod Taylor quarterback, it sure does. Uh, it sure does. It sure does. Uh, the other question is from S. Vanderpool. Who is your favorite young quarterback in the league? Hmm. Justin Herbert, I suppose. Although, you I know mean, what? I don't... Herbert, Herbert, of the players who are in their like two or three years, Herbert yeah. is the best. Yeah, he's um, the best. I, I got to admit, I don't have like strong. I mean, Lamar Jackson would probably be, or Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but. Right. I if think we... Patrick Mahomes still counts as a young quarterback. Who's your right. favorite to watch? The answer is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And one thing about Herbert is, you know, I like what I saw. I don't have like these great strong convictions about him right now, in part because my experience with the Chargers last year was loading them up on Tuesday morning on film, not like sitting there rooting for them as some playoff team. I I'm interested in Burrow. Yeah. Because to me, it's interesting to see a, a player whose strengths seem to mostly be mental. Right. Like can how how successful can he be? Right. Right. All his strengths right. are processing and reading defenses and pre-snap right. and like not throwing deep and not right. um, being mobile. Yeah. It's really interesting to see like how successful can you be where the mental processing stuff is where all your strengths lie. Right. And that, that does make him an interesting player. And I do want to see more from him and I am hopeful because he was having a really bad early camp. It sounds like he's starting to pull out of that, that we get to see a good version of him there. Uh, you know, the one guy I'm actually most interested in seeing, I think a lot of people are this this uh, this week, among the rookies, it's probably a, a cross between some of them, but I want to see Justin Fields. I really want to see. Yeah. I mean, Trey Lance, Trey Lance also yes. could be, I mean, what Trey Lance could do in the Shanahan offense, we all agree is like freaking awesome. Yeah. Like it could, it could be amazing. And of course I'm a Patriots fan. So my, I'm, you know, I want to see Mac Jones. I want to see Mac Jones succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is Mac Jones the fifth of the five quarterbacks from this year? Yes. Do I want to see him succeed? Yes. <laughs> and um, I want to see Jalen Hurts, but I have a feeling tonight I'm going to see two series that are going to be kind of like runaround series, but I, I want to see him succeed. I'm not necessarily thinking I'm going to see it in the next seven hours or so, but I'm hoping for that too. So I guess I would say Mahomes is my favorite young quarterback if he counts. Right. If we want someone younger, I guess I'd say I really want to see Trey Lance. Okay. And if you say who's the most interesting, I think I'd say Burrow. Okay. I'll probably go with Fields instead of Lance, although I want to see Lance. I don't want to come across like I'm some sort of Lance hater or anything like that, but I, I want to see Fields. Uh, and I'm curious how that's going to play out. So back to uh, preseason games, one of the things we were talking about before we got on 
So Friday night's games, you've got Tennessee at Atlanta in the Arthur Smith revenge game. Tennessee just hired. Oh, yes. A, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. Guy. Tennessee yes. was the last team that had no analytics guys on Seth Walter's grand list of analytics guys on every NFL team. So that means that every NFL team now has at least one analytics person in the front office. Yep. He looked at Derrick Henry and his head promptly exploded and he resigned. No, just kidding. Just kidding. But uh, no, that, uh, you ever think we get to this point, man? I think it's great. I think it's fabulous. Um, I mean, for the last five or six years, I felt like this was eventually where it was going. When I started in 2003, God, no. Right. I never right. did. Once, once we got to the point where every NBA team and every MLB team had an analytics person, yeah, like about seven or eight years ago, I felt like it was inevitable that it would happen in the NFL also. It was just going to take a little longer. And what's next now? I mean, I think these guys have to get a little closer to the, the center of the decision-making power. Uh, now well, I always the- thought that by now, I honestly thought by now, you would have a general manager in the league who grew up reading football outside. Mm-hmm. We still are a few years away from that, right? Uh, from having a general manager who would literally be like, "Yeah, I, I was reading Football Outsiders when I was in high school," <laughs> uh, but it's going to happen. Just the way yeah. you have general managers in baseball who are like, "I grew up reading Bill James," you're going to have right. general managers in football who were reading me in 2006 and 2007, and now are 35, 40 years old and are going to become general managers, and, and that's going to be too. exciting. What? It will, and reading me too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it will be exciting. I think it will happen. Bill James does have a 20 year head start on us. Uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> this NFL article that I'm looking at, they've got to get away from the idea that starters are what you're looking for in the preseason. For example, how much Kyle Pitts do you think we're going to see tomorrow night? A series, maybe. Yeah. And probably one bootleg rollout, four yard you know, into the flat place. So he get his feet wet. This is, I mean, is this off of ESPN or our this is NFL.com? Okay. Okay. They talk about the one guy they talk about in Tennessee, Atlanta is that you're not going to see Derek Henry. Cause you're not, of course. you're going to see a lot of Darrington Evans. So, okay. That's interesting. He was a third round pick last year. Let's see some Darrington yeah. Evans. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what, what I, he, he, he's another power back. If I remember too. Um, no, he's actually a littler guy. The most interesting backup in Tennessee is an offensive lineman, probably <laughs> Dylan Radens. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I don't know how much there is to watch in the second and third and fourth quarter of Tennessee, Atlanta. Yeah, I, that's why I kind of made the snooze mark on that one because it's like there's set line, there's no interesting backup quarterbacks. Again, yeah, looking at the backup running backs will be interesting there, but. There, there's not a lot to say, oh, this is the game I have to watch or even pay attention to. Here's an interesting, by the way, I never know how much faith to put in the R-Lads depth charts. They're usually very good. And I don't yeah. know how much they reflect the depth charts that the teams release around this time. And I don't know how much BS there is in the depth charts that the teams release. For Atlanta, they actually have Dante Fowler as a backup. The, one of the common things is motivate the guy. Yeah, uh, you know, motive, especially when it's somebody like Fowler, who, you know, historically has needed some reminders from time to time that nothing is being handed to them, uh, because I've seen that a lot of those depth charts, those depth charts are put together by the, the media department 
a lot of times with like a sign off by the coach, like just put anything down. They tend to be close. If you are really interested in a lot of the stuff I did not walk through is you try to read day to day. The coaches will say things like, oh, I'm giving the third round pick reps with the first team, et cetera, et cetera. And you'll also see it in practice. The local beats will say, oh, this guy has been practicing with the ones over and over and over again. And that does give you a better sense there. So, yeah, the main thing is I look at the, I look at the Ireland's depth chart. I look at the other depth charts. And I say, what really will we see? And if a guy's listed fifth on the depth chart, we're probably not going to see a lot of them until silly time. Yeah. Buffalo at Detroit Friday night. That one's on NFL network. And the interesting is if they play Penny Sewell more than like a series. Yes. That he may be going up against one of their top picks for Buffalo. Cause Buffalo yeah. used their top two picks on edge rushers. Yeah. Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham. So Boogie that Basham. could be interesting to see is yeah. if, if Penny Sewell plays more than just like one series going up right. against that, then you're seeing you young guy against young guy. That's kind of interesting to see. And, and young guys were like opt-outs too, in a couple of these cases, you know, so guys we haven't seen since 2019, which might mean they get more time out there. That's the good thing about a preseason game, though. You're not invested in the final score or anything. If I'm just going to turn that game on and just watch the offensive line, I will happily do that because I don't necessarily need to see Jared Goff. Or I guess we do have to look at the receivers, but, like, uh, you know, we can really focus on matchups like the ones you're You're going to see Mitchell Trubisky. Ugh. And you're going to see Aaron Rodgers' favorite receiver. Yes. Jake Kumaro. <laughs> they should throw 50 screen passes there just to, just as a, a trolling mechanism. There's actually, there's some interesting receiving depth because they also have that kid, Isaiah McKenzie, who had yes. a year, he, Buffalo, he, he had a, um, but he had a game with like three touchdowns or something ridiculous. And he's, yes. their, fifth, he's their fifth receiver. So he's playing Friday night. Right. Like right. That's he's the a, kind of guy who plays the first half of the first preseason game is the fifth receiver. Gabriel Davis is another guy that, uh, you know, had a lot of buzz out, uh, coming out. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know if he counts as a starter at this point. So he may be playing tomorrow night too. A uh, uh, useful title points out AJ Epinesa also for Buffalo's pass rush, who was a second round pick from last season who we haven't seen in preseason. That's right. We've never seen him in preseason. He played a little bit last year. He didn't necessarily stand yes. out, I think. Or did he get hurt? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. No, he now. played. He did he play. Played. I'd have uh, to look up the numbers in the book, but. Right, right. So, he so yeah. He's a little larger. He's a little like, uh, plays like that Seattle role where Seattle used to have one of their defensive ends that was actually more yep. of a run stopper than a pass rusher, like the Chris Clemens role. Yeah, like the elephant guy. Yeah, um, like Lee, you would have the Leo on one side and the elephant on the other. Epinesa is more of the elephant. Right, right. And I, I do want to see more of him. And yeah, you know, competition for the wide receiver slot, you know, hate to see anybody lose their job there in Buffalo at wide receiver. But, you know, maybe somebody will shine. There's some interesting, like fast, interesting depth where you, yes. you're not going to just be watching schmoes who are going to be pumping gas in Tallahassee in two weeks. Like there's, <laughs> there's some good stuff there. Corvos, right. Cor Corvos asks, of young quarterbacks that we talked about, which one has the highest potential of leading a franchise to the Super Bowl in the next few seasons? Lance? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at the structure around them and the, the, the seat, you know, the, the coaching and the ownership and the structure around them. I think most people would say it was Lance and the Shanahan system with the talent that they put together in San Francisco has the best chance of leading a team to the Super Bowl. That's it. And I, and I, and I 
keep talking and walk through about, oh, he's plus 800 for rookie of the year. And it's like, well, one uh, trajectory would be rookie of the year when you're Trey Lance, just the ball out and have a Justin Her- Herbert level rookie season. The other is to come out, be a good game manager and have Nick Bosa and all the yak from Debo Samuel and George Kittle and all these guys obliterate everything in your path and like be kind of okay and win rookie of the year because you took this team on a deep playoff run. So right. that's why we looked at him. It's hard to project otherwise because when you're projecting the players, they're all young prospects moving up. I can't figure out what the Jaguars or the Jets are going to look like in a couple of years. I, I can guess the Bears are not going to look great in a couple of years because we have a lot of years of their uh, GM screwing things up, so to speak. Whereas we have this uh, track record with the 49ers of being able to, with this roster and with this coaching staff, go deep, you know, go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Rivers McCown, by the way, says hey. the over-under on his blood alcohol level is <laughs> 0.99 for covering the Packers-Texans game tonight. <laughs> Rivers, were you in the press pool when they tried to kick you out? What happened? We need deets. Did they try to push you out the door? We need deets, man. Respond, Please respond. CO the legend says he's looking forward to the Eagles-Steelers game tonight. Quez Watkins. Yes. Yes. Um, Apparently, Jen Welter never got a calendar invite. (laughs) Did I? I mean, I just sent emails. Um, Ladies and uh, gentlemen. All right. Well, let's. Twitch casting is an experience. Jen, please reschedule with us. She's not. Yeah, we'll have to reschedule with her. I fully apologize. Um, (laughs) um, I'm not used to using Outlook, so I'm not used to sending calendar invites. There we go. Um, There we go. I, I blame everybody but us, man. Dallas at Arizona. That's another one that's on NFL Network. Uh, Man, they picked first them, round linebackers, they? Micah Parsons and Zaven Collins. I, I, I said uh, 11. I'm not used to a linebacker wearing 11 like Micah Parsons. Parsons yeah. And uh, Peter Schrager responded that the two linebackers for Arizona are wearing like 25 and 9. Oh, gosh. Put them close together number-wise. Make them 8 and 9. Or 22 and 25 or something like that, because that's just going to confuse me more. do want to see them. I mean, I do want to see them. They're both fly-around guys. We didn't see a lot from Simmons last year. I do worry that, like, they've been drafting all these own positionless Swiss Army knife defenders in Arizona and just kind of throwing them on the field. I mean, Reddick, who's now with Carolina, was kind of like that. Until the end of last year, they said, oh, go blitz. Go blitz. Play edge rusher, and that's what you are. Rivers says what happened in Houston is just imagine a bunch of reporters are sitting around on their phones looking up NFL training camp policies. That's about the gist of it. That sounds kind of dull. I was I was hoping for something like something more revolutionary. I think um, Arizona and Dallas, there's some interesting receivers for Arizona because Rondale Moore, the second round pick. Yeah, like Keyshawn Johnson. Will he stick? Isabella has COVID apparently, so he won't play. Oh, boy. Uh, and then the young linebackers. How much are you going to see of Collins and Simmons and how much are you going to see of Micah Parsons? Yeah, you're right. That receiving crew is interesting. And if when, when Kingsbury first entered the league, I was like, oh, my God, I want to see these guys running reverses and a million different types of screens and things like that. Maybe, maybe we will see some of that. Uh, who will be throwing them the ball after Kyler Murray leaves? I'm looking at Colt McCoy and Chris Streveler. We saw Streveler a little bit last year. Um, but yeah, I do want to see Rondell Moore. I was excited by Rondell Moore uh, for what I saw from him on tape. You know, this is a guy who caught like a million passes in some of those games, a great yak guy. So I do want to see some of that. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of done has, with the Cowboys, though. You know, Dallas has a lot of high pick. First of all, you're going to see all the Cowboys you want on hard knocks. 
Yeah. They do have a lot of high picks who are backups on their defense. Yeah. So looking at the depth chart, you've got a second round pick who's a backup corner. He'll probably play a third round pick. That's Kelvin Joseph. A third round pick, Nashawn White, who's a backup corner. He'll probably play. A third round pick who's defensive tackle, Osa Odigzua. He'll probably play. Yeah. Real Cox, uh, the linebacker who uh, they made fun of for going to North Dakota State. He'll probably right. play. So there are some interesting young guys, I think, for Dallas. If you're up at 10 p.m. Eastern to watch Dallas at Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, I probably won't be. I'll, I'll catch it. I'll catch a replay. I'll, I'll tape it or I'll catch it on Game Pass. Jabril Cox is interesting, though, because he's like when I'm looking at linebackers in the preseason, I like those fly around guys. I don't necessarily see somebody who's limited to one role. I want to see them run. We saw Micah run real well last week, and I'd like to see Jabril a little bit more this week. So Saturday, the first NFL Network game is Miami at Chicago. Yes. And that's that's at Justin Fields. Because just because I'm guessing Tua is the starter. Tua will only play a couple series. Justin yeah. Fields, I think they said something about Fields playing into the second half in this week's game. So you're going to get a lot of Justin Fields in that game. Right. Well, you don't need to see Nick Foles. Um, I think there's I never need to see Nick Foles again. Agreed, a hundred percent. But uh, it's different because I, I mentioned this in walkthrough. You know, Matt Nagy a couple of years ago was like, "I'm not going to play my starters at all in the preseason. Like everybody's going to rest because Mitch Trubisky, he doesn't need the reps. He's Mitch Trubisky, folks. He is ready for action come September 10th or whatever." And we realized that that was kind of crazy. So now we're going to see the Bears. Uh, but this is an exciting game because you're right. I want to see a ton of Justin Fields. I want to see him out there with the ones. Looks like we'll see him out there with the ones. And once, once Tua leaves, I think we'll see a little Tua. It is Jacoby Brissett out there. So when you talk about a team that's got a lot of depth at wide receiver, that's got, uh, you know, Jalen Yeah, Wallace I don't know certainly. if Albert Wilson – Albert Wilson is back from a COVID opt-out year. I always felt Albert Wilson was pretty good. He may yeah. not even make the team for Miami. He might not, although I hear he's having a great camp. And it's like, okay, Devontae Parker, he's in. Will Fuller, he's in. Jalen Waddell, that's number three. He, he's in. Wilson, it's number four. Now, Jakeem Grant's all their return, man. He's number five, probably, because you want him out there returning and doing a screen and bomb things. They've got Mac Hollins running around. He's Matthew Slater-like guy. So do you keep him as your number six? Or do you keep Lynn Bowden, the runner-receiver, former quarterback, I believe, from um, Kentucky? Kentucky, I believe. Right, who's been kind of bouncing around a little bit, very talented. Uh, and then there, that Alan Hearns is on this uh, – roster too preston williams is on the pup right now he's a good ball player so it is a very very tight depth chart and there will be a real quarterback impress it and percent yeah so you've got yeah that's a good one chicago miami is a good one as far yes. as preseason games goes I'm, game I'm i may i may take some time out and watch that sucker yeah that's game of the week man absolutely 4 p.m denver at minnesota that's another one that's good because you know they're going to get some time of lock and some type of Bridgewater because there is absolutely a real quarterback battle going on here. It is. It is. And it's been 50-50. And it's another thing where it's like it's like a confirm your priors. Like, oh, lock is really up and down. Bridgewater's steady, but he's not spectacular. And they're trying to make the decision there. But with both of them out there, then we are going to get a long look at the Broncos. They got a rookie running back who's interesting. Uh Back, uh, why am I drawing a freaking blank on his name? Uh, For Vikings, there's Kellen Mond, the backup quarterback. Texas A&M, who a lot of us felt was the sixth best quarterback in the draft. He will play right. a lot in this game. He'll play a lot. Javante Williams is a running back for the uh, 
Broncos. Who we'll right, the second round him. pick. He's the uh, he's the one of the two North Carolina guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, people want to see him. It's hard watching cornerbacks in the preseason, but Patrick Sertain's been getting a lot of good buzz. Uh, you know, and again, it's the preseason. I can just go look at. I could go find. What is he wearing? Number two. Uh, he's wearing number two. So go find number two and just you know follow him for a while. I don't necessarily need to see what the uh, Vikings offense is doing. I can concentrate on a cornerback. Yeah, who's wearing? Wait, who's wearing number two? Patrick Sertain. Ah, uh, Patrick I, Sertain two is wearing number two. Hard to get used to this. Yeah. Um, okay, here's an ask me anything that was going to get us into trouble. Bill Houston says, which coach has sublimated his own mental illness issues into positives for running his team? I feel like John Gruden has to lead this list. It's early, but I feel Urban Meyer may overtake Gruden by the time the season is over. Oh, gosh, I don't know. We don't want to talk seriously about mental illnesses and things like that. I mean, Belichick would probably. I wouldn't say mental illness. I I would say there are certain aspects of your personality that you need to be a successful NFL head coach. Yeah. And obsession is certainly one of them. Yeah. And there are times when you could see obsessive compulsive disorder, certainly as a mental illness issue. But we're not I'm not going to psychologically uh, pass judgment upon the coaches of the NFL neuroatypicality more than a mental illness that having being, being a little atypical is probably helpful for a lot of these guys that level of drivenness sometimes that level of overconfidence helps as well i will say adam gase was a loony other than that that's my one comment or not yeah <laughs> you don't want someone with too much autism spectrum disorder though because you you need to have the uh ability to interact with other human yeah. beings like you really need to be able to read the other the emotions of other human beings if you're a head coach Right. Right. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. And yeah, some of that sort of chaotic evil type mentality does work because it does drive, motivate people. So, yeah. So uh, 7 p.m. games on, on uh, this is uh, Saturday night. The NFL network game is Cleveland at Jacksonville. So I'm going to give the NFL.com points. The player that they mentioned as someone you want to watch in this game is someone who actually will play in this game. And that's Donovan Peoples-Jones, the wide nice. receiver from Cleveland, who is on our top 25 prospects list. Um, I don't know how much Trevor Lawrence we're going to see. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say the name of that other person. <laughs> uh, I want to see him. I mean, I want to see him play tight end. You want to see him? Yeah. Yeah. But Cleveland, right? Cleveland's supposed to have a good amount of depth. So there should be some interesting players in this game. I don't like this as much as the daytime games, but because no. no. I don't, I don't think you'll see a lot of Mayfield. You're going to see a lot of Case Keenum, and I don't think I, I have no idea how Urban Meyer is going to approach preseason games because we have no, you know, because college doesn't have preseason games, so we don't right. know how he's going to approach preseason games. Yeah, he's made some comments about how he's letting Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer like guide him through this, which is good. That sounds smart. Yeah, I think Brian Schottenheimer can handle guiding you through a preseason game. He game plans every week like it's a preseason game. So it's, it's perfect in that respect. But well, I didn't mention the Browns and walkthrough in this game because it's like they, it's a really set lineup. Like Peoples Jones, you're right. I, I do want to see more of him. Um, but I'm looking down at, and while there's going to be good players because they have good depth, there's nobody who I'm like, oh my God, this, this position battle is so interesting to me that I have to sit and like really like scrutinize it. Right, because the guys who are sort of, uh, you know, are young guys who, like, they're keeping Donovan Peoples-Jones. They're keeping yes. Anthony Schwartz. Like, yes. there's not really a wide receiver battle 
going on. If there's anything, it's a battle of are they going to keep keep five guys or six, right? Like, yeah. you know the five they're going to keep. So I agree with you about the Cleveland roster. The um, 7 o'clock, there's a couple games that are on also, not on NFL Network, but New Orleans at Baltimore. We already talked about the Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston thing. So I think that one, that would be more interesting to watch. They're going to do Cleveland Jacksonville on NFL Network because Lawrence but I don't know how much Lawrence yeah. will play. I would think New Orleans, Baltimore, because of the New Orleans quarterback battle, is actually a more interesting one to watch. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll probably Saturday night. I will be like monitoring all these games. I'm probably going to have the radio set to the Saints game to get some idea, and then I'll go back the next day and obviously get a replay. But that's that's number one in interest that evening to me. Jets at Giants at seven thirty. Newbie Bowl. The Snoopy Bowl. Zach Wilson, Snoopy man. Bowl. Well, I don't know. Is Snoopy still a MetLife? Uh, didn't they drop Snoopy as their mascot? I think they did. And I, but I, I actually was Googling to see if I'm allowed to, if I'm allowed to still call it the Snoopy Bowl. And I'm not not allowed to call it the Snoopy Bowl. Right. So unless I get a cease and desist from, like, from MetLife Insurance, it's the This Snoopy is the one where you said Clayton Thorson, the Giants' third stringer, is the worst quarterback you've ever seen ever seen in a in training camps i've been to a lot of training camps some eagles training camps i watched mike kafka i saw tebow in the jets and the patriots and the and the eagles camps and and thorson looks i i don't want to say because you're ripping a guy looks like a high school quarterback when he plays so it's it Uh, could be really uh hate watchable and then i don't know who the jets and the jets well it's going to be very hate watchable because also the jets Mm -hmm. it's josh johnson or james morgan right because they're you don't know Zach Wilson, you're going to see a lot of these are like, just how much are we going to see of a rookie who's a first stringer? Are they going to play him like he's a rookie or are they going to play him like he's a first stringer? Right. And you don't know the answer to that. And a lot of times what I anticipate is two series in a baseball cap as they try to get his feet wet while like giving him the most scripted game plan. And again, like, like you watch these in a while, it's like, oh, he's going to first down play action, roll out, bootleg the tight end. So he gets a completion and gets his feet wet. I think that's what we're going to see from these guys. Still want to see it, but like not like jumping up and down for the opportunity. Uh, Elijah Moore, who was another, there's a lot of guys named Moore who I like. This was the one from Mississippi. He's a young uh, stud. He, he definitely, a lot of people have been raving about him. He was third in playmaker score. He's hurt though. I think he's almost certain he's hurt right now. So we won't see. Oh, that sucks, that. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Denzel Mims is coming back from, I believe it was food poisoning and he was, Getting talked about, he got he was really getting they talked about him being on the. They talked about him being on the bubble that he was possibly going to lose his spot on the team. Yeah, but he it sounds like he lost a lot of weight because of food poisoning. He's working his way back into shape, so that'll be somebody to look at. Maybe they can put him on non-football injury or something and let him receive. Maybe. Uh, Cincinnati at Tampa Bay, seven thirty. Apparently, Tom Brady will get playing time. I don't know if what that means is we're going to see six handoffs and then we're done. <laughs> we might. But Joe Burrow is unlikely to play, mm-hmm. but Brady apparently will. That sounds insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're mostly going to be seeing Blaine Gabbert, and actually, you're probably most going to be seeing uh, Griffin. Have um, you blo- have you blocked out of your memory the amount of preseason action Tom Brady had in New England? He was always out there. <laughs> it was his. It's, it's clearly his idea. But I went back to NFL Jesus. I went through the preseason record, so I wasn't losing my mind. Yeah, he did play. He would play like the first quarter. Yeah, he would play the first quarters, and he would play the 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 ex. What do you call it? The dress rehearsal. He would play like a half, three quarters of it. But a lot of guys did. The first game, he would be out there and like have like three or four attempts. It would bring brings up an interesting question. 
which game do you think is now the dress rehearsal? I don't know. I think I, it's the second one because I think the third one will be what the fourth one used to be. That makes where it's sense. It's just going to be everybody where if you play in that last game, you're going to be cut. My guess is it's the second one that's now the dress rehearsal, but I'm not sure because they changed the schedule. So it's no longer cuts, no longer come out right after the last preseason game. Right. Happy Labor Day. You're the your job. Yeah. I'm looking at it now and it's going to be the week of the 12th, the week of the 19th, the week of the 26th. The week that really got erased was um, Labor Day weekend, where it was usually the fourth preseason game. Even the most oh, dedicated of us didn't watch that it. That would suggest that the third one is still the third one, and now we're just not doing the fourth one. That's possible. But I don't know if anyone has a like, – I don't think anyone in the NFL had a powwow and decided that some teams might have different plans for this. Yeah. Houston at Green Bay, 8 p.m. We already talked about. We That's a good one, interesting one to watch with the sound off. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> you want to see Davis Mills and Jordan Love, and you do not want to hear them talk about Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. Yeah, what will I have on during the on the radio during that? Let me look at the schedule. Keep going with the schedule. Kansas uh, City at San Francisco, thirty. Yeah, that's the Trey Lance show. That is the Trey Lance show, and it will not be televised. I don't think it's anywhere. Not nationally televised. No. All right. Well, that's going to be on the radio while that's I'm watching. That's reason to have Game Pass, unless you're uh, currently boycotting Game Pass because of the disappearance of the All Twenty Two. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with having nothing because you don't, you know, uh, I didn't get my, the IPA I like, so I'm just going to die of thirst. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, unless they fix it, Derek Claston is going to end up doing film room off of like TV film this year. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Same, well, same goes for word of move. Yeah. And that's going to be super tough for both of them. But um, one thing is like with quarterback play, um, you get a lot of times when quarterbacks do something significant, you get from TV, the behind the, you, you, you get like the behind the center view anyway, because they show four or five angles of it. Yeah. Word of Muth will be impossible without the all 22. I, yeah. I don't know how we would do it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Matt Verderame did say that it's going to be coming back. They're trying to get it back. They've heard our pleas. It will probably be coming back with a different price point. That's what a lot of us are guessing. And let's just hope it's not sticker shock for writers who don't have, we aren't made of money here, folks. We can't just be like, Oh yeah. A, a site license for like whatever, Hundreds of dollars. It has to be somewhat yeah. reasonable. Well, I don't know. Are you a PF? Are you in PFR PFWA? I am. I get my updates from Howard. We get our little. Uh, we get a little Game Pass code as being a member of. You pay your dues for that's Pro Football Writers Association. You get Game Pass for free. So that's that's right. I actually got that email uh, a couple of days after I re-upped. <laughs> so maybe I can get a rebate because I never noticed that before. Uh, I'll check. I'll, you know what? I'll check my emails more regularly from the PFWA. Um, Seattle at the Raiders, 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. So first look at the new look Seahawks offense with the former Rams passing game coordinator, but yes. no Russell Wilson. No Russell Wilson. It looks like from what I'm hearing, no Marcus Mariota. He has a leg injury. Oh, that's interesting. So who so on earth plays quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders with no car and no Mariota? Case Cookus. They signed Case Cookus. <laughs> or Nathan Peterman. <laughs> no it burns it burns all right so we can skip that game don't watch that game Chargers at rams 10 p.m that one's on nfl network Ooh. unfortunately it's Chargers at rams we're not gonna see the rams Remember? don't play anybody the rams do not play any first yes. in the preseason at all right so we won't see stafford we will not see donald 
we can look at their running backs a little bit without Cam Akers out there. We have a lot of guys we've never heard of, but they're going to be behind the second, third string line for the whole game. Um, it's a very, it's a late night Saturday night game. It's very skippable. Like for me as a writer who wants to keep track of all of this, I will probably be using that time to catch up on what was happening in the 7.30 games I couldn't see, trying to get some video of them, trying to get some reports from reporters, not necessarily finding out what the Rams third stringers are up to. And then the final game of the weekend is Sunday at 1 p.m. And this was also on NFL Network, Carolina at Indianapolis. It's the Jacob Eason versus Sam Erlinger battle to maybe start week one Kind of, but probably not because maybe Wentz is now going to be back for week one. Yeah, well, maybe Wentz will be back. And I'm guessing he will find his way back for week one. It's Sam versus Sam because Sam Darnold will be playing. Uh, there are interesting players up and down both rosters. There's a lot of interesting players in the Carolina roster. Uh, it's just those quarterbacks. I mean, I guess obviously I do want to see Sam Darnold and like they're going to play him a little bit. I want to see him in a different system, maybe look confident. I do want to see some of these young men, Eason and Erlinger and, and Hundley, et cetera. It's, it's, it's hard to get a lot of enthusiasm for this game based on you have one team that's just waiting for its quarterback to come back. And the other team, it seems it's in a permanent rebuild. Yeah. A lot of the young players like rookies and stuff in Carolina are offensive linemen. So you got to be one of those people. Yeah offensive line play to get really excited about watching Carolina in the preseason. Uh-huh. You got, you got Chuba Hubbard or and Chuba Hubbard, as I like to call him, because it sounds better. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Yes. Right. He's the new backup to Christian McCaffrey. So we'll probably see a good amount of him. Right. Right. Uh, they also, by the way, uh, apparently the Panthers have running back Rod Smith and running back Rodney Smith. Oh no. It's worse oh, no. than the Jets having two Michael Carters. They have two <laughs> Rod Smiths in the same position. And none of them related to Rod Smith, the person we remember. The actual wide receiver, no. And the uh, one guy who's been balling out apparently in Indianapolis, I get, I spell, I pronounce his name wrong, seventh-round pick, Michael Strawn, I believe. It's, it's spelled Strachan. I got to interview him, young man from the Bahamas, uh, and a really great young man. And he's been he's – been, turning heads, quote unquote. So I do want to see him a little bit as well. So Michael Strawn is somebody who I'm interested in seeing a little bit of in Indianapolis. Yeah. Not a lot of rookies. Indianapolis did not have a lot of draft picks this year. They had no second and they had no third. Right. But they do have Carson Wentz and he will be posing, posing confidently on the sidelines with his Gatorade. Yes. Get used to All it. Right. Get used to that site. That does it for the Football Outsiders Radio Hour. Thank you for sticking with us during this impromptu Ask You Anything yes. show, which apparently was my screw-up. Next week, we will try to have Dr. Jen Welter here yes. to talk about coaching and to talk about uh, women in football and to talk about the first week of the preseason. Yes. And uh, we will try to fix the Football Outsiders emojis so they work. <laughs> we promise to do those things. So please yeah, also do this. watch Tuesdays for the Scott Spratt Fantasy Show, also at 1 p.m. Eastern. So Tuesdays and Thursdays. This show will be back next Thursday. Thank you for downloading us on your podcast app. Don't forget to rate the show and tell people that you like the show. It helps people find us if you rate the show well. Uh, thanks for watching on YouTube. We'll see you next Thursday for the FO Radio Hour at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this time, we're going to get our time zones right with Dr. Welter. Yes. We'll see you. <laughs> Everybody enjoy the first weekend of the preseason. Take care.